Episode of Say Less with the Culture. This is Charles kicking it off. Um, here we got Nathan, and uh, I don't know if y'all want to say hi for a second. Wild one, wild one, wild one. And uh, not sure. I was gonna come up with a, a clever nickname, but I, I don't want to have another Shane Diesel incident. So I mean, he so. changed his name on Twitter to Podcast P. So oh. you know how much shit I got for that, but it's cool. Wait, you, you do a podcast now or something? That's crazy. Nah, it's cool. Come on. Make sure to tune in next week. Uh, also, today with us, we have a very, 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 very special guest. Aww. The uh, wind beneath my wings. Oh, my God. Aww. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, he's on a roll. He's on a roll. Let, let, me, let me write this down. Let me write this down. Number one. That rolling off the tongue. This off the top. This bar. <laughs> um, all right. And, uh. Yeah, my girl, uh, Bree. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Great Hi, to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. Thank you for thank you for joining us. Long awaited. Yeah. She exists. I yeah, I'm not a myth. I'm I'm here. I exist. Yeah, this whole time we thought Charles paid an actress to be his girlfriend. So <laughs> this is actually good to know that it's a real person. Reassuring. <laughs> 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 Uh, what we got in the docket, Charles? Shit. You... I don't. I'm gonna have to pull it up now. I don't know off the top of my head. Man. Right. Uh, stock market, man. Stock market, man. Let's start with the stock market. Yeah, let's start with the stock market. Any questions you already know the answer to? That's what they just came up. I think that's how part. podcasts work. You know, right. like we do pre prod, and then like during the actual pre-prod. production, we. You know, fake. What you prodding? <laughs> what you got some on your mind? You prodding? You got some on your mind? You prodding? I'm not doing this today. I'm not doing this with you today. <laughs> um, yeah, but stock market, man. How how'd you guys do in the market? Because I didn't really do shit. Well, the day, night one I did phenomenal, but um, I guess I got a little overzealous and uh, I held on to my stocks, and now I'm not looking too great. What'd you jump into? Uh, a little bit of everything. I got um, a few shares of AMC. I uh, got a fraction of a share of GameStop because I got got in too late. Um, got a share of Nokia, BlackBerry, uh, Sundial, and then I put in uh, $150 to Dogecoin. And that's really where I lost. <laughs> the Pokemon money. Y'all wanted me to hold some money for y'all to, to put into Dogecoin. <laughs> It's not uh, the move. Yeah, Dogecoin, you should have just sold as soon as I hit. Yeah, I think it hit eight cents at some point, right? You said what? It hit eight cents at at, at one point. Because people were trying to get it to like a dollar, 10 cents or something like that. And I was like, from 0.7 to eight cents, you sell immediately. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I'll sell right away. Yeah, um, I was so happy to. I texted you. I was like, "Yeah, that's made it like ninety dollars." <laughs> shit, let's see where this goes. And I really, yeah, I got faith it's gonna come back. It's one of those that if you look at the chart, someone was explaining it to me. This happens, 
it basically just like goes hits like 10 cents then just drops like mm-hmm. it can't get over the hump so i'll just keep it I'll yeah just- if it gets back to let's say it's at <clears throat> it's at three cents now if it gets back to i want to say six but I'm, i might just cash out at five if it gets back up there yeah i bought i bought in at um at four and a half so Make a little profit, get out. Don't get oversellers. Um, but yeah, basically the stock market was wilding last week. People made a lot of money. Um, Wall Street got fucked, and in return, they decided to fuck all the people. So you know, typical. We should have had Nick on to talk about some. We should have. I didn't even think about it like that. This <laughs> will happen again, Pache. Whoever you're texting, we could hear. Yeah, send uh, it's, listen, it's not my fault, it's my laptop. All right, damn. All right, like cool. you could mute the laptop, you know. Yeah, I know, I just no, realized that. Well, you know, well, like you could also, also, you could just wait and text Shorty like after we're done. It's not, it's not even a it's okay, really a cool, it's on. calm though. Oh, like, you know, it's like not it's not even okay. a girl, though. it's not even a girl. I just woke up. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the stock market was a shit show. And um, I just want to say, I think this shows a lot more that this country never really gives anyone a chance to really win. Um, I think the past month, I guess we're in February now. So January did everything to show us that this country is built on um, a foundation of lies. <laughs> Like we really we're, we're really not free. We don't really have equal protection under the law. We don't have free trade. Uh, white privilege is prevalent as it's ever been. Um, yeah, this country's a shit show, and January just basically did that. I guess we could go all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, but this country has just shown its colors over and over again. In the past 10 to 12 months and i for one i'm not necessarily surprised i just am in this place where i just you know it is what it is at this point like you can't do shit about it this this place sucks and (laughs) just wake up and don't get arrested is basically how i'm moving now It's very depressing. The more I think about it, the more depressed I get. But my therapist is back, so we're good. You know, when I feel down, I just shoot her a text. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just one of those things. That's all I have to say about that. I don't know if you guys have any anything special to share on on the shittiness of this country. I mean, I feel like, I feel like we talk about that every week. So. I feel like we talk about that every week. So. <laughs> Uh, I guess we could move on to more fuck shit. Um, Amazon workers are unionizing, and Amazon got slapped with a lawsuit. I want to say end of last week for stealing tips of of the drivers. <laughs> They've been stealing the tips of the drivers. I, I didn't even know that was a thing because I would have tipped the drivers. I bought mad shit this pandemic, so I would have tipped drivers. But I didn't right, wait, 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 yeah, I've never, I've never even like... caught the delivery guy before. Wow, Charles, in that pandemic, <laughs> you don't tip the delivery. <laughs> like, 
Because I know they also have like Amazon, um, like fresh, fresh or whatever, where you, like, yeah, they'll deliver from whatever, like Whole Foods, I think it's something like that, or yeah. whatever markets. Like, I feel like that's maybe where there might be more opportunity to tip. But like, if you're just going through the regular Amazon app, I yeah. 100% don't see any opportunity for you to like tip a driver. Same. I have no idea how this tipping works, but they settled for sixty-one million. <laughs> what did you say, Charles? Oh no, I thought you in my head. I thought you were referring to um, delivery drivers for food, and I was like, "Wow!" In a pandemic, you don't be tipping. give it a butt. Hey, sometimes. Wow, Charles. <laughs> sometimes I mean, you know, Uber used to be taxing to begin with, so I'm, I I rationalized it like, well. You do hey. know Uber don't be paying them fairly, though. Well, don't work for Uber then. Uh, no, no, I'm joking. Comedy style. I was about to say, <laughs> didn't you, didn't <laughs> yeah, didn't you do Uber? Did oh, you is that Uber? Or Lyft? Or no, I worked for the Lyft company. I didn't work. Oh. I didn't drive. I just worked for their company. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? No, I mean they settled for sixty-one million on that. So, <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why Jeff Bezos stepped down as CEO of Amazon. But he's still keeping his board seat, so it don't really mean shit. I did used to work yeah. at Amazon, though. Talk, yeah, talk about a... the working conditions. Um, it was not bad working inside there, but they did do my shift dirty as hell and um, cut my entire shift. With no um, warning, like it, like after after our twelve hour shift that day, we got <laughs> called all into the office and like, well, thank you for your service. Um, we no longer need the shift, so um, goodbye. So I was like, oh, word. And that was like my first brush with like actual um, laid offness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, they really be <laughs> just <laughs> not caring about niggas. So I'm glad that they're unionizing now because. They really did not give a damn about people before him. It's really just like they need bodies to do work. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically been how they, they've been operating. So, But, you know, nothing's really going to change on that. And hopefully the workers are able to unionize because they deserve better. Um, but, yeah, Jeff is still the richest person in the world. Well, Elon Musk is, but he's still top three. They're going back and forth, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's basically uh, what it is. Elon was the richest one day, and then you know, it's kind of a little wild that like these people have a lot of money in Bitcoin as well, and mm-hmm. like Elon Musk when he tweeted, like he put Bitcoin in his bio on Twitter, like Bitcoin went up forty percent. So basically, he could like <laughs> inflate his net worth by just tweeting or like mm-hmm. changing his bio, which is. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy to do that, um, but you know, free market. So, no one man should have all that power. That's a fact. Uh, we could move on to our last topic before we start talking about cooking and foods and stuff with Charles' wonderful girlfriend, who we like more than Charles. Um, <laughs> That's what you were being <laughs> Did you guys uh, see the the whole courtside Karen thing? Yeah, I see just blurs about it on Twitter, but I never, I didn't see the entire thing or actually any of it. You know, Pasha, just... you want to tell us what happened? 
Uh, I mean, it's just like any other sports sporting event. You know, guys just talking shit. LeBron was talking shit to some guy. I forgot his name. I think his name is like Juan Carlos or something. Is that it? Um, you know, just, you know, one of, you know what rich people talking shit, always haters on LeBron. Um, I guess he said something and his 25-year-old fiance felt the need to jump up um, and start it screaming. Looks like she's LeBron. 65, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Not just, ugh. Never mind. <laughs> you've, seen, you've, seen you've seen pictures. Child, everybody's seen pictures of her. Okay. Yeah, she doesn't look great. Yeah. And instead, of just, you know, nothing, nothing was directed at her. She should be sad. Okay? What'd you say? Huh? What'd you say? I said they age like milk. So I don't know how old. She's <laughs> I'm the one that's supposed to be saying wild things on the podcast. But yeah, I'm I'm just, yeah. We learned last week that you can't be racist if you're black, so I can say whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, what the, that's what I'm deducing from that episode. I think he was outnumbered in that episode, but it's cool. We're going to let him know. I was on the other side of that, too. Uh, and I'm, uh, okay. I'm looking again. I love white people. <laughs> Okay. It doesn't even sound like he's real, too. Charles, this is Black like History Month, and you just uh, on here just proclaiming your love for white people. Like Black History Month, all of the months. This is the month that you decided to do. Oh, this? Yeah, this yeah but it's also the shortest month, so I, I gotta, you know. Oh. Yeah, no, the shortest month for us. We shouldn't yeah, be talking about. Go ahead, Pache. This my life. I don't know. She just started yelling at LeBron. For whatever reason, after the game, she decided to take to Instagram, which made it worse. Um, saying LeBron called her a bitch and all this, which wasn't the case. Um, I guess LeBron just said something, called her husband a steroid ass. Oh, steroid head ass or something. Um, and then she's, like, been blowing up. And then LeBron tweeted, uh, oh, <laughs> courtside Karen mad mad. And Twitter just <laughs> blew up and ran with it. So, you know, LeBron started off uh, Black History Month off right. Yeah. Uh, he just needed, in that instance, he didn't even need to say anything. That's just sports. People mm-hmm. gonna talk shit regardless, and athletes are gonna respond. So, it had nothing to do with her. She felt the need to jump in where she didn't need to. Yeah. I do want to say on day two of Black History Month, LeBron did get a white woman to apologize, which is, you know, <laughs> it doesn't happen often if you know white women. So, you know, shout out to LeBron. What did you say, Pasha? Huh? Nothing. Do you, have, do you have more to say on this? No, I'm chilling. <laughs> I'm still trying to find my my groove here. I'm chilling. Um. So yeah, she she apologized today, but it didn't fucking matter. Also, if I could buy courtside seats, that wouldn't be the girl I go with. Just me though. That's just it's, me though. He's like an old ass man though, ain't he? He is. Like, yeah. Bro, you live in Atlanta. There's so many, so many beautiful women in Atlanta. Yeah, that are colored. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the haven for beautiful white women in Atlanta? <laughs> look, I look. I've been Atlanta <laughs> three times. I probably the, the pick of the pick of the litter out there. White woman, whatever. Like someone that knows how to act when she in public. That's it. Like yes. that's exactly. exactly. <laughs> he's a billionaire, probably. He probably not a millionaire. Oh, you know he's cheating for sure. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw pictures of them on vacation. He's paying on vacation to shut her up. Is basically. <laughs> That's the one he brings out for appearances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
if this is your purest chick, <laughs> God bless. <laughs> She's getting moved down in the second yeah, yeah. Order. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's what happened. Black History Month is off to a good start. Um, and with respect to Black History Month, Pache, should we talk about project first or talk about? Uh-huh. We could do that at the end. I mean, that could be your pick of the week since you basically already rolled it out. Okay. I mean, if you want to do that, yeah. All right. Well, we could turn it to our wonderful guest. And one of the reasons why we've been wanting to have you on is to talk about, you know, the service industry, cooking, um, all the things that come with it, and the subtle and not so subtle racism that comes with it. Uh, and I think, you know, Black History Month is a good month to educate people on things like this. Um, so, yeah, tell, tell us about what you do and how you got into the business. And, you know, we'll find some targeted questions with respect to it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so I am currently an um, executive chef at a restaurant, uh, primarily a cocktail bar um, in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, just so, you know, all the international listeners so they know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I got, I mean, I got into cooking. I knew that it was something I wanted to do from a very young age. Um, I know that it's, I think a lot of how this happens is usually with like family upbringing. So a lot of like being in the kitchen with my mom, my grandmother um we kind of just like spurred this spurred this inspiration in me to kind of like be in the kitchen and make that like uh, a career um because it's something that just felt like super comfortable doing um so I went to I you know went to culinary school um I started up in a restaurant here I think the restaurant I started here in Baltimore was my like first big restaurant and I stayed there for a couple years um and just kind of like moved up in there and then the restaurant that I'm at now um I actually worked with the owners at the first restaurant I worked at so kind of just like did a little bit of crossover and then just moved up there as well um so it's it's a like a it's a little bit of kind of like a weird transition right now with like COVID and everything, but I did officially start in my executive chef position once COVID started. So that's been a very eye-opening experience as far as like one being more of a management position and two being in a management position in the middle of a pandemic when the restaurant industry is struggling and transitioning and kind of like changing to make itself work in the midst of what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was going to be one of my questions, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you already <laughs> answered on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been a chef? Um, for, I don't know, what, a, how about 26? So I guess since technically, um, technically since like I was 19, 20. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, I've definitely done, like I said, like been um, kind of doing a lot of my, I would say my earliest education was with family, was with my mother and with my grandmother. Um, and that was like around 13, 14. Um, and then like my first like 
real like job job or really like an internship was at 15 years old at a um a like local like in my town restaurant so i did like kind of like an internship there so yeah. it's been it's been a minute <laughs> yeah now you got you put your time in so yeah yes exactly uh what and then Pasha, you could chime in at any point in time yeah, yeah. i'm talking um, okay uh what are your favorite like dishes to make yeah. Charles, Charles, why are you making that face? <laughs> did you like to cook? Where is your do you do you want to do this interview or? <laughs> I, mean, I can mute myself. Like there's a there's a mute, <laughs> and there's, there's a mute button right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight this. Guy. No, I mean they get that a lot. I will honestly. You know, say that I never know how to answer that question. Like, I like cooking and all that things, even if it's something that I don't necessarily know. Um, I'm not like totally familiar with. Like, I love learning how to cook things. I will say a lot of my personal, like, creative side is a lot more towards desserts, but I love like pasta, like pasta sauces, like things that take a little bit more time and like a little bit more effort like it, it's it's a little bit of like a labor of love situation where you start a thing and it's going all day and you kind of just like check on it and keep adding stuff and you like fortify it a little bit um but that i think that that's indicative of like what cooking really means to me where it's it's more of like a, a staggered ongoing process and then you end up with like a really great end result where, you know, it's not super quick. It takes a little bit of time. It takes a lot of understanding and it takes a lot of patience. Mm. What's the biggest misconception about being a chef that you think people have? Mm. I mean, I think that people really think that it's like a super glamorous job and it's really not. Like, I mean, blame, I think blame the all, movies. Yeah, like you have all your celebrity chefs, and it's like, you know, the guys who are just like on the line and they're cooking and blah, blah, blah. But like, with one person making one dish on TV, there's like four or five other people, like other people under him who are like prepping the item or doing dishes, who are, you know, you know, just doing all of the little things that need to happen for that to be like this really kind of show thing for them. Um, but it's really not. I mean, you're working super long hours. Like you end up being in a position where like you have to, you have to like take charge. Like you have to be responsible for every single part of the kitchen. So if that means you washing dishes, you're washing dishes. If you got to clean a grease trap, if you got to like unclog the sink, like that's all under your responsibility. If you're an actual responsible chef like if you're just the kind of guy who's just trying to be on tv and then walk away from it like that's that's bullshit that's not really what the industry is about and so you do have to kind of like weed those people out but the people who are successful and like really give a shit about it and like want to be part of it understand that that's when you take on higher positions you are like taking on all of those responsibilities yeah p what's one of the um since you've been in, you've been in it for a while, what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned so far that you've taken away from this being a being a chef? Um, <laughs> so this is a little this is a little bit I think of like a, a long winded answer, and I think it has a lot to do with the state of like the culinary industry right now. 
where I think that we're really moving away from the the perceived um, kind of like what what's perceived as successful in the culinary industry and what really is the case is like yeah if you're like on tv or you know you're in like you know new york times or bon appetit or whatever like those are the things that that that's like the traditional kind of like um ladder of success for the culinary industry but i think that we're really learning that there are other ways to be successful and those can have a lot more to do with community work and a little bit more with like getting to the root of like why a lot of people cook mm-hmm. so short short answer is that i'm the biggest lesson that i've been learning is to not not feel like success is what the last five years of cooking has been where it's been a traditionally male dominated white you know white male dominated industry where like everyone wants to get to a position where like all the super famous um, white chefs are like I think that the biggest lesson that I've been learning is that there are other ways to be successful in this industry that isn't following those footsteps it's not pigeonholing yourself to trying to be that same like successful white chef like you can create a name in the industry while still preaching the importance of community work and um you know, kind of like the history of cooking, especially the history of like indigenous and black, you know, like cooking that happened during like slavery and stuff like that. Like the things that really rooted how, how like recipes and like standards, standards happened in, especially like in Maryland for me. Like, I think that there is a lot more importance that need to happen to that than like trying to fit into the white ladder of structure. If that makes any sense, like yeah. it was kind of tangent, but like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that was that was one of the things that when we talked about you you being a chef with Charles, he kept bringing up the fact that um, cuisines always have a different um, reaction to them uh, based on where they're from. So exotic food don't necessarily take into consideration uh, food from, you know, let's say tropical places. So, you know, Africa and maybe South America or um, Central America, for instance, or, you know, the Caribbean, those foods are not necessarily exotic, but like European foods or um, Japanese or anything like that is considered exotic. And that was one of the things that I wanted to know about and how your experience with that in the industry has been, Um, because... American food is exotic to me. Like at home, I eat Ghanaian food 75 to 80% of the time. And Pache has been to my house multiple times. Charles has been to my house too as well, but that's what we eat most of the time. So what is that like? And and if you had a solution, what do you think the solution would be to that problem? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, I think that more of the challenge with, not necessarily the challenge, but the perceived challenge with, making those things like with showcasing those ingredients is that one they're not as like pretty you know it's a it's a lot harder I think to make dishes that appeal to what unfortunately the overall audiences are like rich white people like Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of like where a lot of the people that are dining out and you know subscribe 
subscribing to like this stuff like it's unfortunately like rich white people and so like making those things appealing to them is a little bit of a struggle um i think it's also that most chefs like majority of the chefs that are cooking like i mean cooking for bon appetit and stuff like that like they're they are also like white and they don't have the experience that you need to like learn how to cook the thing cook those ingredients so it's like it it's a i think it's just one it's just like harder to sell that and so people just kind of shut it down and decide that it's not important mm -hmm. which is like at all like does not that's not what it means like it, it really needs to be i think prioritized because we need to like showcase that there are a lot of like one other foods like it's not just like this one bad food like for some reason chickpeas are super popular because people just decided that they're okay with using them you know like it needs to be a thing where like we're incorporating all foods and understanding that like you know it's not it doesn't have to be you know a five-star restaurant pretty situation and also redefining what a five-star restaurant pretty plate looks like but um i think that's like the biggest struggle and i think that's why people just don't take on that kind of challenge. Like they just don't deem it as important. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the biggest way to change that is, is to just kind of like change what fine dining looks like. Like for the longest time, fine dining has been, you know, French style Michelin star food that like at this point is boring and you know, it's just, it's the same thing over and over. And like, maybe we'll try to incorporate another dish, but it, I think, I think we're at the point where we can really acknowledge that there are so many other things going on in the world. And like, we, we don't need to subscribe to this one tiny hole of like what fine dining looks like. Like it can look like a million other things and it can incorporate a whole, whole list of other like dishes. And I think that we, if we, all collectively agree that like we can do that or we want to like switch over to this then we can you know kind of incorporate these other dishes and just re redefine what that looks like as far as like fancy food and fine dining and what's trending as far as the culinary world so basically i, I don't want to mansplain over no no no, no yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're mansplaining right now but basically like so you're basically saying like we should normalize yes ingredients and cuisines from African and Caribbean places. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, like when I, I went over to Nate's place, that's the first time I ever was introduced to um, African food. I had never had, I've had plantains before, but I never had, I don't, I'm not sure, were boiled. I, I don't even remember what my mom made. She makes so much food, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've fried plantains before, but I've never had them um, not fried and Oh yeah, they were boiled. Yeah, was it uh, fufu and agusti? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my yeah. first experience <laughs> of that. So, and if I hadn't known you, I probably would have never ate that. Mm -hmm. and I would have never gone out of my way to go to an African restaurant, or I would never order that off the menu. But, but and it's uh, so weird because I think it's like specifically fufu is like it's something that's like for some reason is trending on TikTok. Like, yes. yeah, 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 like. <laughs> Something that's annoying. Did y'all see that video that um, on Twitter, like that this couple was trying Fufu and Goosey for um, yes. a mukbang mm -hmm. or whatever? Yes. It, it, and it's just, I mean, I think I think the responses are like, 
split as far as like, you know, being like, you know, all of that, but whatever. But I think it's also just like at the end of the day, like it's a, it's food and it's a part of a culture and like, it shouldn't, I, I feel a certain way about one, it being like this weird trend, like everyone has to scrutinize and like criticize or whatever. Like at the end of the day, like you should just respecting, you should just be respecting what like someone's culture is. Like it doesn't, your opinion really doesn't like fucking matter, but yeah. Rice was really popular last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making Jollof rice tonight. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I it's it's definitely like something that you know my mom my mom is not she she went to culinary school as well back home in Ghana, but she's primarily a baker. So she owns a bakery back home in Ghana, but that's that's like her main thing. She's not she cooks a lot. Pache can attest to that, but um, her primary focus is baking, so she she bakes a lot. But um, you know, she's always had these ideas about incorporating uh, African food and 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 inviting people from different parts of Africa because I think people tend to make Africa this one monolith, and it's not like there's 54 different countries with very different cultures. Even in just Ghana, there's like a lot of different cultures um so she's trying to she's been thinking about different ideas on how to like build a restaurant here and you know make it inviting for people to to want to experience and and experiment with the food you know kind of similar to what people do with indian food like it's not your food but you like indian food because curry is good you know what i mean um and I've, i've always just not been able to give her an answer with regards to how she could successfully do that because I mean, how? Like, most of these people, one, don't know how to eat our food. Like, we have foods that we use our hand to eat, and we have foods that we use cutlery. Like, and even with that, it's like, yeah, you could forego the cutlery. Like, you're eating rice, just fucking boil, like, ball it up and throw it in your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, it's, there's so many different rules to it. And I think maybe that might be a barrier to people experiencing it. Um, or maybe it's just a lack of, of representation in, in the culinary world, which is what I'm getting from what you're saying is that like there's not enough people who actually understand what this is um or it's they think it's messy because it's primarily very white therefore they just like white people really traveled up i'm stealing rory's joke but they traveled the entire fucking globe trying to get spices and they don't know how to deal with any of like (laughs) (laughs) also it's just like if you're gonna do like i think they're i don't know and i think this does happen with more chefs of color where it's like if you're gonna like explore another culture's food like you have to do it right like it can't be this thing and that's what usually happens with like these white chefs that like go and they explore or like learn about a culture and then bring it back like they gentrify it and they like kind of like tailor it to the white audience and it's like it has to be a thing like if you're gonna go through it then like be about it like just go and like try this culture's food exactly way it's supposed to be like not like a little bit like less spicy because your taste buds can't handle it or blah 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 or like you don't know how to like eat food like whatever like it's just you if you're gonna do it then do it like we're not gonna cater everything to you because it just feeds into the same like theory or whatever like thought process that like this is what the norm is and everything else is outside of that and i want to technically i did work at an african restaurant in morgantown Oh, you did. Uh, yeah, you did. I forgot. 
So there is precedent. There is precedence for an African mm-hmm. restaurant in Morgantown. So mm-hmm. it might work for your mom, but but kind of going to like what you were saying, we had to take steps to make that cuisine. Well, okay. For full disclosure, it was an Egyptian restaurant. Yeah, Egypt is an Africa. It's a country in Africa, so it's an African country. African yeah, restaurant. No, nah, you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did have to take steps to kind of make that food palatable to West Virginian people. Like we went and got French fries because, like, they don't know they don't eat um, baba ganoush like that in 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 morning time. Um, we had to like even just change traditional dishes into like more into they kind of like completely changed the dish into something brand new but with the essence of what it was just to make it um something that people would buy from morningtown so even that is kind of sad that we had to do that but it's 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 hard to like just put a brand new dish and even with all the steps we made people were asking me like well what what is this what's in that how do i eat this um Where's this from? Oh yeah, or ask for a hella different substitute. We had a, we did we, first of all we didn't even have cheese at all in a restaurant. Nothing our uh, none of our dishes had cheese at all. But people would always ask for um, shawarmas or whatever with cheese. I'm like, well, okay, we don't have cheese. <laughs> so, it got to the point where my my boss just went and started buying cheese, and we just started adding cheese to everything because that's just what people in Morningtown wanted. So I'm like, yeah, they're gonna bastardize the dish, but I mean, yeah. I guess it's a step in the right direction, but. No, I mean, yeah, fine. I think that like what needs to happen. And I think that with, in, I think we're in a unique spot with the culinary industry. We're like going back into, like whenever we get back into like full, you know, full force, like after the pandemic and everything, like there are a lot of liberties that people can take, especially chefs, as far as like what they want to do as far as their restaurants. Like it's like, we're going back into this. We don't have to like revert back to the norm. Well, where we like just kind of do what is safe and do what like the people want, you know, like I think that we can take a lot of steps to reform, which I think that needs to happen with a multitude of multiple of things. Multiple. multiple things that like you know as far as like going back to normal um but i think that the biggest thing that needs to happen with the culinary industry is kind of reinforcing that you know the french whatever white style of cooking is not the norm it's not the only thing that's out there it's not the only thing that we are acknowledging as fine dining and reinforcing that like if you are going to go into these these cultures and go into these like food styles and stuff like that you have to go into it with full respect to all of the traditions Mm -hmm. you can't just pick and choose what makes sense you can't pick and choose like what is you know the easiest to duplicate like you have to do it all with respect to what's actually happening yeah yeah no i i i agree like and this this has been eye-opening for me p do you have questions um because i feel i sounded like i'm closing it out and i'm not (laughs) (laughs) now go ahead say your piece if i have a question i'm not i don't i don't i don't don't really have much to say about it good good news on that front um bon appetit did go and like get brand new staff that's more ethnically diverse so hopefully with that 
It'll be a new. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's fine. Like, I feel like that is like always the the first thing. It's like, okay, let's hire a more diverse staff. But it's like, are you going to pay them equally? As like, you know, I was just like, yeah, like, are you gonna like those are? It, no, no, she's putting that. Like it's rainy on my head. I'm not, I don't mean to rate, I just feel like there's just like a little bit more follow through that needs to happen for that to be proper. They're making steps in the right way. They they hired ethnic people and they're they're making ethnic dishes and a new, or there's um, content for that audience that uh, likes bonus. Hey, listen. No, you're right, you're right. My dad always said that uh, Little drops of water make a mighty ocean. So, you know, step in the right direction. Wings can cause a hurricane. Outside, like outside, I heard you talk about your mom and your grandma. Outside your um, like, aunt can build a <laughs> Charles. Yeah. Someone yeah. mute Charles's cool. mic. Cool. <laughs> cool, 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 Charles. <laughs> Don't worry. After this question, we are gonna get into the nitty gritty. But um, uh-huh. uh, 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 um, what was that about that? Outside your um, your mom and your grandma, like who's a black chef or black you know artist that you admire uh, in your industry? Ooh, okay. <laughs> I hate Charles. <laughs> that was a good question. No, it is a good question. And I like What's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have things. Okay, I feel like I'm gonna have to go with like really doesn't help saying that they are like an uh, inspiration to not fully know their name but it's Kwame Onwachi I think that's what he um he's a chef he just recently kind of like started becoming super popular in um yeah there we go super popular um just I think he was just featured on Bon Appetit um he has a book out um, he's doing, he's on, yeah, Top Chef. Um, but I, I do really like the, uh, the first, when I first heard about him, he was, um, opening a restaurant in DC called Kith and Kin. Um, and I dined there and it was beautiful. Um, but he grew up in New York, like grew up in, I think it was the Bronx, either Bronx or Harlem, but he like grew up in New York and started doing, oh, perfect. Started doing, um, I think he started front of house, but he like went into the back house. Um, but he does, a, he kind of talks a lot since the beginning has been talking about very transparently about the, the struggles as being like a black chef, um, specifically black male, you know, in the industry and in the world entirely, but like in the industry as well. Um, but since day one, I think that he's been like very real and like himself and his, journey into the career and i think that i think what i admire the most is that like he's never been in a position where he's kind of like code switched to like seem more palatable to you know whatever audience like he's very much been himself and he's been you know super sincere in that like this is what you get and this is what i have to offer and like all of that is a one package deal like it's not like you can pick and choose whatever seems the most safe like he's he's been very forefront as far as like who he is and what he has to offer and like his food and he does a lot of i think his family is nigerian so he has a lot of um 
very, you know, unique, like, things to offer. But I know, like, like I said, he's been featured in Bon Appetit and a couple of other places, and he's really doing a lot as far as, like, changing what fine dining looks like in, um, specifically in the United States. Okay. Yeah. I mean, talking about chefs making books, I know there's a lot of cookbooks made by just regular as um and regular ass celebrities who are not cooks um how do you feel about that because every time i see a new one unless it's Snoop Dogg, i'm like what the fuck is this i don't i don't i don't know i don't i personally like don't really follow cookbooks okay i'm more about i like the specific thing i do like about Kwame's is that it's a cookbook memoir hybrid situation so it's like recipes are very well like di like distributed between his life experiences you know so it like makes a little bit more sense that way mm -hmm. um but like anyone whatever like anyone can just like pick a bunch of dishes that they like and like write down a recipe and be like here's my like coffee table cookbook or whatever you know like i don't i don't know i i would not say i don't want to say it's like selling out like whatever get your money get your bag like do your thing but like not everybody is a chef. <laughs> like, <laughs> a chef. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I might come out with a cookbook. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin my chances. Uh, P, you have more on this? Yeah, one more. Just one, one more. more. Let's go. Like you said, that he hi he highlights uh, like being a black male chef like what's um like being black but also black woman what's some struggles like that you have faced that maybe aren't so highlighted in your industry <laughs> um so i think the biggest thing is i think or looking back as far as like coming up in the industry it's more like what people like the strengths that your, I don't like your bosses, like the strengths that they see in you and what they choose to do with that. So I think a lot of, like, it's easy to kind of like take black women and kind of put them in this kind of like caretaker position where it's like you're, you kind of like take care of people, you know, you're on stuff. Like I like, I absolutely won't lie that like black women just like are on shit, like feel that hundred percent, like live that a hundred percent. But I think the biggest thing is that like people will take that and kind of like see it as a reliable, like you're on top of your shit, but they won't celebrate that. They won't promote that. They won't, you know, take that as a strength and, and further your career with it. They'll just see you as a reliable, consistent, like help for them, you know? So I think that, the biggest thing is asserting myself in a way that like, yeah, I am on my shit and I'm like, I'm about what I'm doing. But like, that doesn't mean that you can just take me and like, you know, use me as a consistent like source of support. Like you have to like train me, you have to like bring me up. Like you can't just use me as a background supporter. Like I, I you have to take that and move that to the forefront. You have to like, you know, like acknowledge that and appreciate that skill. So I think the biggest thing is kind of like not letting myself being put in a position where I'm just seen as like, you know, everybody's fucking mom. You know, <laughs> like if <everybody laughs> is, I, 
like I want to further my career and I'm not just going to be, you know, I'm just not just going to like fix your problems. Like you have to take that and, you know, push that further. Yeah. About black women, there was a quote that I saw. I don't know if you remember where, but it was so profound. It said that America is not interested in revolutions by black women except sexual ones because America's only been interested in black women's bodies. And I was like, oh, they spitting. So, but yeah, but, but with regards to that, I think like I've noticed that with, with uh, like even my, my job, which is in healthcare, like we rely on the black woman there like way too much. <laughs> like she, she's become like a, 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 the bedrock of the team when she shouldn't like she should be doing her own shit so maybe it's it's a learned thing that's been passed down in generations but we need to unlearn that as a society of of just kind of taking off all our baggage and just dropping it at the feet of black women it's not it's not fair it's not nice we should let them be the best versions of themselves without any interference so i agree with that or at least if you're gonna give me more responsibility, like fucking pay me. I do want to switch things up a little bit, and I want you to give a rating of Charles as a boyfriend from one yeah, to ten. Yeah, one number, what number would you give? And don't give me ten because Charles as a friend is not a ten. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you know, if he, <laughs> he's had multiple. <laughs> He's had multiple opportunities to bump his number to 10, and he hasn't. So I'm just going to assume that the behavior will cross. <laughs> okay, but it is, it is between 1 and 10. Yes, 1 and 10. Oh, I don't know. This is really... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no, I don't have to think about it. It's like, but if I can't choose 10... Yeah, she like, can't choose 10 because you're not perfect, Charles. You're human. I don't know. I'm say 9.5. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Somebody's I mean, capping. I will 100% say that I am very happy in my relationship with Charles. Yeah. I will say that. Like, absolutely. He is very, he's very happy too. He did not text me back and I was mad about it. We'll also oh. say that. I don't text these yeah, 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 that's a bad habit of not texting back. There is a, <laughs> there is a, there's. I don't know if you ever seen this, one, but there's a meme of uh, John Wall interviewing, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Bradley Beal, after a game, and he's like, "I am never, ever, ever seen you do some shit like this before," and that's how I see Charles every day. I've never seen him this happy. He is a. Uh, yeah, I lived with Charles for a couple of years, you know, man. Never seen him this happy. This relaxed. This in his in his zone. Y'all remember when I was stressing? Hey, man. Fucking turmoil. You had to go through that to get here. I was bringing home all the grief that I got the day the, the day before back home. So you know, now I'm like, oh, nah, nah, nah. That's that's oh. good. I'm I'm very very happy for you guys. So how long have you guys been dating? Because Charles has been hiding you, so we don't we don't know. Oh, anything, we don't right? even know. Oh, perfect. Now you can explain what happened. Because well, they all think that I've been a dickhead and I was um, hiding you and, and not like trying to cuff you this whole time. 
Um, no, just like the overall story, like yeah. um, story time. Hold on, let me get my blanket. I, I have no problem talking about it. <laughs> no, 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 I have no problem talking about it. So we, I guess it was over a year. This was a year and a half ago. Yeah. So we met on Hinge. In. It's in the summer. You just told her to tell the story, and then you yeah, Charles, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're trying to get the date again. <laughs> yeah, that's Davis. it. We're just okay. So we like so summer. We met on his um summer of two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we like went. We we went on a couple dates. Um, we were kind of seeing each other at least throughout. I think it was until like September, October. Huh? Not December. Because I went to New Orleans in November. Oh, okay. Yeah, so until about, like, December, October, September. Um, but basically, like, I I was in a position where I wasn't ready for the relationship. Like, I hmm. kind of had, like, to be completely honest, had a feeling as far as, like, the seriousness I wanted as far as the relationship, I was also kind of involved with someone else where like that <laughs> a real long time ago, but like <sighs> it didn't. Um, so, I mean, I will take full responsibility. Like that was my mistake and I needed a little bit of extra time to kind of like fully put an end to that other relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called it off and then um, I, I, almost a year after that, like I think it was June of 2020, um, Charles kind of like reached back out and we started talking again and then just kind of like rebooted the relationship and kind of went from there. So I think officially we decided August. Sometime in August, yeah. As far as like dating again. And then I've been... Completely happy sense. <laughs> Charles does, doesn't line up with your timeline. I don't know. Does it? <laughs> yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> We're trying to poke holes here and there, trying to find. I know. Them. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, it doesn't line up like right there. <laughs> I ain't gonna mess with Charles too much. Um, <laughs> I can't if you're listening and you you hear this. Oh, no, yeah, no, man. Charles did not. He did not oh, drag me along. He was completely respectable. This is not, this is not, a, this is not a spicy as I wanted it to be. I was, right? <laughs> I was cheeksless for like eight months. So, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, I'm King Wholesome. Holding on for this one. So, whenever it comes down to the wholesome debate, I am the top. No. <laughs> well, Pache, you, you shouldn't even be in this argument, Pache. <laughs> I didn't even say I was wholesome. I'm just not. He can't claim King Wholesome. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Because I because I am King Wholesome. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Um, okay, next week, we have another special. <laughs> any, any, um, you got any big plans for, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up real soon. Yeah. Oh, we got to talk about that. Oh, no. Also, do you, do you have any <laughs> tips? Also, to feed into, like, the culinary stuff, the down part of that, you work all the fucking holidays and all uh, the weekends and blah, blah, blah. So I might have to work. But if I don't, then we'll do something. Do you have any tips for people on uh, how to uh, survive in a relationship during a pandemic? <laughs> I mean... 
I don't know. I think, I think it definitely helped that we already kind of like knew, knew a lot about each other. I really can't imagine what it's like just meeting people in a pandemic, like for the first time. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you got to go through a whole new series of safe tests, like whether or not you have any STDs or SDI and if you're COVID, you know, positive or negative. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, really, yeah. That's a question for Pasha. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> what? Why is that a question for me? What do you see? You're like, you know, next to me? Huh? What? Huh? Never mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. No, no. A ask it. Ask it. You know. Oh, because well, you're single. <laughs> oh, because I'm single. Um, oh, it's cold out here, man. It's very cold. I'm here in Florida. I don't want to hear the word cold come out of your mouth. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually been a little bit breezy these past couple days. Fam, like, it's like 65. That's not funny. <laughs> you. Yeah, I, woke up, I woke up today and it was like 39. I was like, what's going on? Uh, I got no tips. I mean, I, I mean I'm single, obviously. <laughs> uh, I mean, you might want to ask Nate. Is he over there holding out? <laughs> That's what I was going to. I, I was going to say, <laughs> you know, I'm the only single one, but I didn't. I wasn't trying to air Nate out there like that. But, <laughs> there's nothing to air out. There's nothing. There's nothing to air. I mean, next week we're having uh, Pache's guest on, so that's going to be great. I'm excited okay, for that. Yeah. Sorry, we got time. Uh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> okay. All right. This is trying to deflect. <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, but yeah, you know, just chilling, chilling. Life's good. Um, <laughs> uh, dude, uh, do you work in, where in Baltimore do you work? Do you work like near the harbor or me? Oh, um, yeah. it's uh, kind of so it's Hamden, it's like a neighborhood in um, I guess it's further, I don't know, where it is. <laughs> like in relation to the harbor, it's it's more inland, I guess. Okay, but okay. um, yeah, it's a smaller neighborhood called Hamden. Okay. Um, I don't got any more questions. You know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna bully Charles too much, even though he bullies me. But yeah, oh, no, I was ready. This is y'all got no heat. No, you don't have any heat. She's so lovely that I'm, I'm gonna let you live. I'm gonna yeah. let you live this one time. She is your bulletproof, by the way. She's so lovely that fuck you. Like I can't be a dickhead in front of her. I'll, I'll show up next week. I got, I, I got to put my gun back. She's so nice. I got to put the gun back. Okay, y'all ain't got no dirt on me. Hey, I know you wish so bad that you had some some shit to to get me in trouble with it. It's, no, of course. Uh, we don't. We don't want to get well, you. I know. It's one. Spice it up, but this fucking guy. This now you want us to spice it up? If you got it, let us <laughs> <it lie. laughs> no, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, if you got no, it, no, we no. ain't got <laughs> shit, Charles. Right. We know you, you ain't got nothing. You tell me. I've been dating for almost a year. You know, we just haven't met her yet, so we wanted to meet this. Yeah. So you've been hiding her. It's, it's, it's well, dead. I mean, if she was open, I've been telling her I don't want to take her to Morgantown, but there's nothing yeah. to do. Yeah, there's nothing to do. Morgantown. Okay, so question for you guys. Uh huh. As far as Charles, what is the biggest like? I get, I don't want to say change, but like the biggest like thing that you guys needed to see, as far as like him being more successful in relationships. Like I know, like it's been a running joke that he gets a little bit like too into girls too fast. That's a running joke. So, I, mean, I didn't make that. At least I that it. I did it. From other podcasts, so like is that? 
Like, what is the biggest thing that you think that, like, he needs to work on as far as relationships? I think those jokes are centered around a very specific <laughs> slash peculiar case. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's how Charles is with all the women that he has dated, which do not exist because Charles is wholesome. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but body count resets when you get in a relationship. Or now you're buying into that. When I used to say that shit, niggas used to call me all the time, but now you're into that. Oh, no, I'm in a relationship now, so it's different. Of, of course. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think that, that those jokes are centered around one very specific case. But the thing that I know about Charles is that, like, even with just his friends, like Charles will show up if you need him to. Um, get off the camera because I don't I don't want to say this shit to your face. <laughs> 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 but if you need Charles to show up, he will show up. And you know, like we have uh, a group of friends that, from my perspective, and I'll let Pache talk from his perspective as well. But like, I consider every single one of them as brothers because you know when I lost my brother, they were there as like brothers. Like they really grinded through all the hard moments in my life with me. Um, and Charles showed that to me that if you need him, he's going to be there no matter what. And if it comes down to you know, are you getting jumped? Like Charles would jump into the fight for you. Like are you like what do you need? Charles is going to yeah. show up. So um, yeah, Pache is laughing because you know he has actual examples of this situation. But yeah, Charles Charles will show up, and I think um, in the past he that's been it's a good thing, but that's also been a detriment because he just shows up. He will show up for you. And when there are people with ev evil intentions, they take advantage of him, his loyalty to people. So he, they just, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, I, I got, yeah, but you, you get what I mean. Like when people want to take advantage of you, they take your strength and they turn it into a weakness. And that's what they did. Well, she did with Charles. So, yeah, that's that's basically what it is. <laughs> That's basically what it is with me, with what I think of Charles, is that he, he will show up, but people can take advantage of, of people like that. So, nigga, don't look at me like that. I'm going to pour acid on your face. It's <laughs> 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 very yeah, violent. <laughs> so, you know, I guess responding to what you said, he jumps into relationships. I think it just stems from, like, one. And it's because, like, I was... And initially a part of that and I told him not to do that so that's where all these jokes come from um but the difference that I've seen is like he'll share what he needs to share he hasn't I think before like everybody was in his business um now he just like all right I'm gonna I'm focused on this I'm gonna do what I have to do I'm gonna share what I need to share uh so that's why we always ask like what's going on like he'll share what he needs to share as opposed to before when it was like oh everybody's in his business and everybody knows what's going on um so I think He's become like low key, but not too low key to where, you know, he's taking the right steps to get him where he's at. So Yeah. His business his business isn't out there as it used to be. And that's really not even necessarily on Charles. It's more on <laughs> it's just Morgantown. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's Morgantown, Morgantown and his Morgantown. partner his partner was wilding and that's yeah. basically what it is. Like it, it had it had very little to do with Charles other than the fact that everyone told him, like, yo, this is a terrible idea. That was the only... Okay, yeah, but y'all also weren't giving me cheeks. So it's either... <laughs> <laughs> like, I, can, I can listen to y'all and just be cheeks. Or I can just, you know, play the fool and oh. get what comes with it. Listen to yourself. When, when, when this podcast comes out, replay this part over and over again. 
What? <laughs> you said y'all weren't giving me kicks. <laughs> Yo, your peace of mind. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Pause. Y'all are just childish. You know what I meant. But now nah, I got to live with Charles. I got to live with Charles. He's, he's, he's a great dude, man. Thank you, guys. I enjoy your friendship as well. You're all. That makes it sound so fake when he does shit like that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely love you guys. You guys are uh, two of my best friends. So thank you. There you go. That, 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 <laughs> take the damn air out of the sails. What? <laughs> like you know how like this? It's a saying. Like when you take the air out of a sail. Oh. Like, okay. A ship sailing. Yeah. I thought you were saying some other shit. Nah. Um, I guess we could pivot to our picks of the week. Uh-huh. You know, um, start with Charles. I'll start with me. Bree, we'll start with we start out. I it's always ladies first. Uh, we okay. do this thing here where we we have uh picks of the week. Um, so do you have? She's an avid listener. She's familiar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if I have one. Can you, can you show us your watch? Um, what you were telling? I don't, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. Um, okay, so one podcast I really like that I've been trying to get Charles on to like listen to one episode but he didn't really listen to. But there's one um it's called My Mama Told Me and it's uh by Langston Kerman. But it's basically a whole it's like a comedy podcast, but it's about um black conspiracies. Like or just like or just like black like sayings like there's a couple things where it's like you don't put your purse on the floor, um, just exploring the history but behind like black don't crack like all of those like you know kind of like little things. Um, but it's extremely funny. He has a lot of like really great guests on. Um, I highly recommend it. It comes out every Tuesday. Um, and yeah, he just has like a lot of people on, and it's like a really good, just kind of like easy listen podcast. All right, okay. Charles. Okay, uh, I'm gonna do a, a, a pre pick because I haven't seen it yet, but I know I'm gonna love it, which I'm gonna watch tonight. Um, mm-hmm. The Little Things. Does that? Oh, oh, did I take that? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, no, no, I. I watched it. I don't. I didn't like it as much as I thought. I'm gonna let you watch it, and then we're gonna talk about it next week. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's how can that not be good? Uh, to oh, be honest, uh, okay, that said that. <clears throat> huh? Prashay's not the only one that has said that. I've heard a lot of people. Hey, oh, shut! I wanna. I wanna. No, no. Please. I'm not gonna like. I'm not Again. gonna give it away. I'm not gonna give it away. Just watch it. And no, talk no about but it. you're saying it's it's not good. Is no. Like, I'm, that's I'm, my opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not good. I've heard people say it's not good. However, I've also heard people say they liked it. Like, you know, two two sides of the same coin. So just, you know. Like the previews and like what I saw, like how I thought it was going to end, it just didn't match up with what I thought. That's why I didn't like it. That's my. You went in with expectations. I'm going in with zero expectations. Yeah. Denzel. I'm going in with knowing that Denzel is a great actor and Jared Leto is a great actor. And, uh, and Ramil Malik is a great actor, but I don't have any expectations for the story or the directing or anything. I'm just yeah. that's true. It is over two hours long, so I I, I am kind of like worried that's gonna drag. But yeah, whenever whenever a movie is over a hundred minutes long, it's just like you gotta really, really, really have a story because you can't 
like you can't keep people's attention for that long without really like having something intriguing. It's very difficult uh-huh. to do. So that's that's the issue with movies over 140 uh, uh, 100 minutes. It's it's just very very difficult to do. Um, yeah. Pasha, what's your pick of the week? Um, what have I been watching lately? For some reason, I've been watching some show on Netflix called In the Dark. It's about like some blind woman. Her friend gets killed um somehow she's figuring out murders and whatnot so i've just kind of like been sucked in and there's all these other things going on so that's what i've been watching mm. uh my pick of the week i mean i i, I could pick other things but uh, my pick of the week is this project that uh black features been working on called um joy um and we named it joy and not black joy because constantly society just forces us to just kind of qualify all the things that we do with black and like when you talk about joy like black joy isn't the first thing that comes to mind and we want to kind of change the notion around that even though there's a lot of rhetoric about black joy in the project we still really wanted to just name it joy so we're working on a project called joy um it's a collection of photographs with answers to some specific questions as well as a video that comes out at the end and um, a poem that's being written by Kayla. Um, she's actually doing it? Yeah, she's writing a poem as well. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I'm very, very excited about this. We've been working on it since September. Um, I drove up to Brown to go take some photos and I know Pache is working on some photos as well. Isaac worked on some photos as well. Max was, was part of the creative direction. So I'm very, 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 very excited for this particular project and even for the first cut of the video that I put in the group chat, like everyone was very, very receptive of it. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very excited for it. Uh, Did you see it, Charles? Charles said, oh. Nah, he didn't see it. Yeah, he didn't see it. Did you not see I put it in the group chat. Did You You don't check the group chat. No, no. I don't be looking at the group chat. Which group chat? The the big one. The culture one. The culture, yeah. Uh, you can check like the attachments. So you'll see a video. Yeah, Just go check. to the attachments. But I, I sent the first cut of it because we're gonna redo the audio and uh it didn't make sense to have the images flash in an eight millimeter. Um so I just figured that we would just redo that part of the video. But yeah, I'm I'm very, very, very excited for this one because I've I've never been a part of a project this expensive and this exciting. Um so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Hopefully, in a week from now, we would have had enough content out that I could go into specifics. But it's basically my pick of the week. That's really dope, what you guys are. I'm jelly. I'm, I'm surprised. Jelly. I'm not. I'm not surprised. But like for us to keep it going after like leaving West Virginia, I think that's that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do it now that I, like you're in a different place. Kayla's in a different place. Luckily, Isaac and Max are here. But I mean, I've seen Max. A handful of times because you know he's like the busiest man alive and isaac is kind of the same but yeah it's it's very surprising that we like you said it's very surprising that we've kept this going i think at the root of it it always still comes down to like championing black voices and black art so that always kind of brings us together yeah Um, i mean even with like max's achievements that come through like oh yeah shit like congratulations and then that always kind of bring six back to square one so yeah we'll see we'll see how it all plays out like i'm very excited for what we're gonna do with it 
I have these other ideas that I'm going to present after we're done with this and we're not exhausted. But I'm excited. And Charles, you say you're jealous. Like you are, you have an honorary invite to the group, you know? I don't have a talent. You 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 do graphic design. No, I don't. I have no talent with I still don't have a talent. <laughs> None of us had a talent, by the way. I don't want to be a part of Nyeki Nyeki Good. I want to my first foot forward. See, this is where I want to fight this nigga. <laughs> no, it's. It, I don't think. I don't started. None of us were really good at whatever we're doing. I still am not good at what I'm doing. Like we're yes, all like we're all still trying to figure. I'm not. I'm. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> Oh, have you seen have you seen any of the other two photographers apart from Pache and I in the group? Have you seen Isaac and Max's stuff? Like Yes, and they're all phenomenal and so is your stuff. Don't don't put a uh, you know, you're just being way too modest. <laughs> Nate's nice. Yeah, he's just being way too modest. So yes. Pache is this close to passing me by. I mean, man, it's it's nah. <laughs> nah, he out here putting in work, so I'm trying to get like you. Hey, listen, but um, yeah, no, yeah, so yeah, basically, yep, that's what we got coming out, and next week I'll have more specifics. Um, and yeah, now, I, before we get off. I want to wish Shane. Shane's not with us today. It's his oh, birthday. Happy birthday, Shane. Happy birthday, Shane. Happy birthday, Shane. It's mom, yeah. Dukes, Nate's mom's. It's your, yeah. her birthday today. It's her I sent birthday her a text. today as well. Oh, you shot, you shot her a text? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's her birthday as well. So happy birthday to my mom. Yeah. Turning 60, 56. Jesus Christ. I was about to say, you said six. I was like, damn. <laughs> she's not 60. No, she's not 60. <laughs> she would kill me if I ever said that. She keep she when people ask for her age, she says she's forty five. She been forty five all her life. <laughs> but, um, um, we do want to say thank you for coming on, Bree. You know, you didn't. Hopefully, you weren't forced to do this because no. of the the dickhead sitting next to you. Um, but we. I brought up the idea. I was completely honored to be able to be a part of this. We truly appreciate you coming on. We do, we do. Yeah, this 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 was very educative. Um, I got to cut some parts out. Yeah, no. <laughs> niggas, are, niggas are trying to get me caught up by it. Um, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be dropping in those shit every like two minutes, so it'll be impossible for you to edit it. I'll just not drop the episode. Don't play me. <laughs> don't play with me. I will forego an episode. This is all practice from that real podcast anyway. So if you get <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm putting all of it out. But yeah, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, and if you listened this far, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with a guest. Um, a spicy episode. Yeah, Pache. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Episode. No, I, before we even do this, uh, I don't want him to get in trouble. This is my guess. It's going to be my fault. Yo, just go for cool as shit, man. None of my exes would have been cool with this. What's going on? You don't have any questions for? I have questions, but I'm concerned. I'm 
not going to pay for her shit. All right, all right. <laughs> don't worry, we're going to have her drop her link or none. I don't. No, nah, we got to drop her link. We gotta wait till we get there. We gotta y'all spoil it. We gotta wait till we get there. Yeah, but yeah, next week we're gonna spoil the surprise. Next week, next week we got an episode, and in two weeks we're gonna have all of Black Future on to talk about a project. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Peace. Peace.